And hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Conquest Chronicles. This is Matt here, along with Dina. Um, we got quite a few to get to today. Spring practice is, is I think, in the final two weeks. We're in the final two weeks with the spring showcase being this Saturday, which crept up on us. Um, got quite a few to get to in terms of the spring, uh, in terms of spring practice. As well as, uh, as well as some interesting, uh, questions and some comments by you, the, our, our listeners and our readers. But, uh, Dina, how, how have you been doing today? I've been good. Just so. dismayed at the new Jets uniforms. <laughs> They're so ugly. Oh my goodness. They're so bad. I it looks sorry. like a high school football team with Russell branding. I feel so bad for Sam Darnold right now. But there's some people who actually like the uniform, believe it or not. Yeah, there are, but I don't know what was wrong with the old ones. I like the classic stripe on the shoulder that they used uh, to have. Well, I think because um the New York Jets, they were talking about they haven't and I was watching the little jersey introductory thing and they were explaining it. And they were saying how um they were talking about how the Jets haven't had really a uniform design in close to 20 years. And so they wanted to do something going into the future. And I think that's what it was, um, was looking towards the future where with the old Jet uniforms that they had, it was more of a, of going throwback. And yeah, that makes I, sense. I, I, the, I get yeah. it. The Browns are apparently getting the uniforms too. Browns don't need any more new uniforms. The, what the Browns have, I think is bad they need enough. to. I mean, I like the white ones. The brown and the orange ones need to go. I like the classic ones that they had, though. If anybody, if there's any teams that do not need to change their uniform, are the Colts, the Raiders, um, who are the Chiefs, the Browns. I think that's it, as far as I can think of. Oh, and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't need to change theirs. I, I think those are the teams really that don't need to change theirs. I know the Rams are gonna uh, get, are getting new uniforms, I believe, after really? the 19-2020 season. They should just always rock the throwbacks, to be honest. Honestly, they should, but I think they're gonna do like a modern version of the throwback. They said once they open a new stadium. They're gonna get new uniforms. Interesting. Because honestly, the, if they could, they would wear their throwbacks every time. I think the NFL won't allow them to wear their throwbacks. So just make one day. little change and call it new. Where does USC get in all black uniforms? We I hate. I don't know what it is. Unless your team, like the Raiders, is historically black, I don't like black alternates. It never looks good to me. But I think. USC basketball, almost every USC athletics have black in their uniform. Yeah, USC I don't really like the black baseball. baseball ones. I like the white ones the best. Like, they have it. Or why not an all gold? Why not a gold one? Well, I don't That'd know. That'd be ugly. I hate um, too much like yellow. Mustard. It'll look like ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I I don't know. I just think USC... I think USC's overdue to get black uniforms, and I think because first every- of all, it's way too hot 
to wear black uniforms in Southern California. I would say do it when they play UCLA, but then again, last time UCLA had alternate uniforms, we saw how that turned out. What were theirs? I don't remember theirs. So, well, UCLA oh, had... Oh, huh? They had black. Well, yeah, well, UCLA had black, which was the LA Midnight Series, the LA Night Series, which actually wasn't that bad. Um, they had two, actually. They had three alternates. So the first alternate UCLA had was... um. The first alternate UCLA hat was uh the all-white ones, the surrender uniforms, as we called it. And that was when they lost 50 to nothing. They wore the all-white uniforms in that 50 to nothing uh, game. And everybody remembered it as the surrender uniforms. <laughs> Ever since then, UCLA has not worn all-white. I think the 50 to nothing game happened, and that was that. They were uh, all-white. They, they were all-white. Um... But not the white helmets. Yeah, with Colorado. They had when they white beat, When they beat Colorado 27-23. Uh, they had, they had they the had white, white helmet. Yeah. I thought that, I know they had the white jersey and the white pants. I never knew they had the white helmets. Yeah, it was white. It was white helmets. What year was this? Was this last year? 2017. I gotta see that. Um, so there was that. Then they had like the, the navy blue ones. Um, I think this is when they went when they were still with Adidas and they had the navy blue ones. Uh that was the LA Night series. Then they had the all black ones. I think when they played No, they didn't wear the all black ones when they played um when they played USC. But they had a all they had like black and gold ones, which was the LA Midnight series or the LA Night series, which was um I thought was pretty cool. They never, when they went to Under Armour, they didn't have alternates. But I mean, if Notre Dame has alternates, I mean, granted, they look ugly. But if Notre Dame has alternates, I don't see why USC can't have an alternate. <laughs> or at least go do a throwback. Or at least do a throwback of the 90 uniforms. At least that. But, speaking of, of USC, while we're here talking about alternate uniforms and stuff, um, USC is closing in on the spring showcase, and um, honestly, tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow. It, it's it's tomorrow. It's on Saturday. By the time this goes up, it'll be today. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, really, that is true, actually. But um, really, there hasn't been much that's been going on, honestly, in the um in in USC's in USC's uh camp like that. I mean, other than the quarterback battle has been pretty close. And it's at the point where it's like, well, if you were to start if a game were was to go on tomorrow, if there was to be a game tomorrow, who is play, you know, who would be your starting quarterback? If there was a game tomorrow, I think it'd be JT Daniels just because it's so close and Yeah. You can't the really make a change without, you know, there's not really a valid reason to make a change. But what I've been hearing is um, JT's looking looking like he did last year during spring practice. Not too much of a big jump there. He looks a little bit more comfortable where he struggles is the up-tempo um, a little bit. Um, and, you know, just more practice with that. I'm sure it'll be better for him. Um, yeah. 
Jack Sears think, still has consistency issues. Um, Matt Fink, I've been hearing good things about. I haven't really heard a lot about Fink, though. Um, just, you know, he's been very consistent during spring practice. Um, and his mobility is, you know, a big, a big factor for him. And then Slovis, I've heard a lot about the true freshman out of Arizona, um, impressing, impressing early. So it's like, it's a four way battle, which yeah. a lot of people foresee at the beginning. People just thought it would be was going to be Sears and Daniels, but now it's um, Sears, Fink, Daniels, and Slovis. So, it, I think for for me, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Is if you were to, if there was to be a game tomorrow, USC was to play their opener tomorrow, which thankfully they don't. You would have to go with Daniels. You you would likely have to go with Daniels, and the reason because. It's the familiarity, you know what I mean? And But I've heard uh, Jack Sears has been pushing, so that's what's going to make it harder. And, and if we think about it, by this time last year, it was already by default JT Daniels was a starter. Because Jack because Sears, Sears and, and Fink hadn't been impressing. They, they weren't impressive at all. It was like a hit or miss with them. Well, then Jack Sears started impressing you know, during the fall, I think because it's so close, I don't think Slovis is going to, is going to be starter. I don't think he's going to be starter. Um, I think he's going to be, I think he'll be a red shirt in in all honesty. Yeah. I I think he'll be a red shirt in all honesty because it is, and it's not the, you know, to say, Oh, he can't be starter or anything. That's not the case, but like, if he was to go into fall camp, and if he's better than JT, and he really has to be better than JT, Fink, and Sears, if he's, like, the best quarterback, then yes, okay, you, then you have to start him. But I think because Sears is, the thing with Sears is Sears makes so many plays on on his feet. Sears can can extend plays like a lot what Darnold did right and he excels in the read option exactly he 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 excels in the RPO but if we're running if USC's running a air raid a true quote-unquote air raid making it simple I think you got to go with JT Daniels because of the upside the potential and the familiarity he has with the quarterback or with the receivers and everybody else his arm, arm. exactly. Yeah. I think that's the thing. But I think the reason why everybody's looking very, um, every, I think the reason why everybody's looking good, why all four quarterbacks are looking good, is because of um, how can I put it? It's because it's, exactly there the you offense. go. It's it's the it's because the offense is so simplified now. It is so simplified to the point where they're making simple reads and it's like get the ball at your hand, get the ball at your hand. Nobody's looking to make plays. Like you're not looking for your quarterbacks to make decisions and they're standing there looking, looking, looking. Next thing you know it, boom, they're on the ground. Or boom, there's an interception. Or boom, um we're three and out. You're making simple reads and getting the ball out of his hands and you're telling them, put the ball in your receiver's hands in space or an open area 
and let him make plays. Like, let them play football. It's just like what, it's just like with basketball. Let them play basketball and don't get them stuck to a system. Let them play football and just air the thing out or let them make plays. It's that simple. You, you know, and I think that's what Graham Harrell was preaching too. And, and the tempo thing, I think the tempo is something they're not used to. Because right. USC's tried to go up tempo and USC's never gone up tempo. That was just like when we, that was just like when USC, when you ask USC, like, are they running a spread offense? You don't know because the coaches don't know what they're running half the time. USC's like, yeah, we're running a spread, I think. Well, is it a spread? I don't, you tell us, you know, like, I think now they know they're running like a true up-tempo system that coaches tried to do. Sark wanted to run an up-tempo system, though Sark said a lot of things, and it never came to fruition. Um, T. Martin was supposed to run an up-tempo, and USC never up-tempoed, you know, never up-tempo. So they're trying to play fast football. And it's and, and a lot of people think it's going to be like Oregon. Like, I've seen people ask, oh, is it going to be like Oregon? You know, Nobody I don't think anything – yeah, I don't think anyone is going to ever – Run it like Oregon, like what Chip Kelly right, ran the first right. time because of the substitution rules. Like, when Chip Kelly ran it, nobody was used to that type of tempo. That's the thing. They were getting the ball off, I think, in under 15 seconds. Per, uh, in between snaps, mm-hmm. they were getting the ball off fast, and it was hard to prepare for it week to week. Because how do you prepare for that week to week? You got one week to prepare for it. It's hard to prepare for that. I know people bring up, well, LSU prepared for it, or were Auburn prepared for it? But LSU and Auburn had four to five weeks to prepare for it. When USC prepared for it. USC had weeks to prepare for. You have to you have to prepare for it for weeks. And I know people think because really USC's just been running I think nine plays. I think they've been running the same thing over and over and over. It's about repetition. And everyone's like, well, how will they adjust to it? We don't know. We got to see how. But I'm sure they'll adjust to it. If teams adjust to it. I think Graham Harrell will fix, will, knows how to adjust to it. Right. North Texas succeeded at it. Come on. Yeah. The only the only negative thing I've seen about the tempo is that um, J T Daniels has had a little bit of trouble with it, but but they don't but they don't run up tempo at USC like that, and I don't think they ran up tempo at Modern Day. And that's the thing. Like they. They don't run – USC don't run up-tempo. They don't practice that fast. They don't play that fast. Well, but, they've been trying to ever since Graham Harrell got been, in there. Yeah, they've been trying to, but it's good that they're doing it now during the spring because when the fall comes, you already know what's coming. Right. That's why I'm like I'm, – I'm sitting here and I'm like, when you hear about the early struggles and stuff like that, or really you've just been hearing more good than bad. Yeah, that is true. You know, uh, and I know people are like, you know, oh, they're only running, you know, they're only running nine plays. Well, yeah, because realistically, with football, a lot of people want to out-scheme each other. I think that was the thing people were looking for was they wanted USC to out-scheme teams. And really, 
USC didn't have the coaching to out-scheme teams like that, you know. Nor did USC really, how can I put it? USC did a good job of preparing to out-scheme teams. Mm -hmm. It's really just look at what you have. You have playmakers. Look at what you have and rock with it. It's that simple. Rock with what you got. And if you and if you rock with what you have, you should be good. Right. But I I think USC is in a position where how can I put this? They're in a I think USC's in a good position with Graham Harrell. And just like I said on on the last podcast, I think USC's going to be a fun team offensively to watch. Defensively, I don't know. Because we don't know what the secondary is going to look like or any of that. I don't know what it's going to look like, you know. I don't know what it's going to look like next year. Not next year. On I don't know what it's going to look like on defense. But I can tell you, I think USC offensively will be fun to watch. That's the hope. And I, you know, it's not just about the air raid. It's about, you know, with the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. I've heard really good things about Marquis Step, the um, the up and coming running back. So he's been getting a lot of reps since Carr and Carr's been out, and then so it's just been him and Malapai. So people have been saying he's been looking good. Um, I know his mom will be excited to hear that. I mean. I've talked to his mom, you know, every, she's one thing about him is he excels at anything he puts his mind to anything he starts. He, he's right. the best at. So it's exciting. Did he redshirt last year? Who, uh, Step. Step burned his red shirt. I think at the end of the, uh, or at the end of the season. So I think his, he burned his red shirt. Cause it's four games. It's the first four games. And then you got to decide if they red shirt or not. I think he burned his red shirt. Um, want to say either the Oregon State game, or, or probably the Cal game, or the the Oregon State game, or the uh, I forgot what game it was. It was one of those games. But his red shirt, I, I think he burned. They burned his red shirt, or he was never red shirt because of the depth that running back was. Well, so it has him listed as a red shirt freshman. Yeah, because he. Because he, uh, if he did redshirt, they burned it at the end of the season. I mean, it has his listed as a redshirt freshman for 2019. Oh, he's listed as a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Hmm. And that's he USC's only saw website? four games. He only saw four games last year, so he's good. Okay, I, I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure on the redshirt rule. So if anyone's listening to this, uh, please let me know. I'll, I'll look it up. I thought it was the first four games. I thought it was the first four games. You could, um, it's the first four games they, they were able to play. Then you have to make a decision before that to redshirt them or, or not. I thought it was that and I thought I they burned so you can, it. You can play four games if you play a before fifth, you, you get redshirt. Okay. But right. uh, he, he'll be a redshirt freshman this year. Um, I think he'll. People I think said he's he slimmed down. Up. I think he's listed as two thirty on USC's website. Um, if he did, I'm sad because I you never see a running back that freaking big. <laughs> listed but, at two thirty on their website. But, but and then high but school, I've heard he's been looking impressive. Know. 
He's gained two pounds since high school. He's two twenty eight. But, but I've yeah, heard been, he's been looking. Yeah, I've impressive. been hearing that too, which is exciting. And, and I don't know what and the that's deal the good is. Thing. You think Carr will ever really get back up and running like he did during Stanford? Because it's been it's like every 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 few weeks it's something new. It feels like. I think he will. Um, he him and Malapaya had the flu. Which is why they missed the majority of camp because they had the flu. I think, uh, Slovis had the flu too. A lot of people been getting the flu. Um, I, a lot of them been, uh, have been sick. I don't think it was really like injury, injury like that. It was just they were sick. So, um, with, uh, with, with Carr, that's the thing. If Carr can stay healthy, Carr can, can do some damage and then you can slide him in in a slot. You can do so many things with Carr. You can do so many things with 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 uh, with with Carr in this offense, you know. So that's the one thing that I that I like. Um, but again, he got to stay healthy. He was on the uh, Max. I think he was on the Maxwell. Yeah, he was on the Maxwell War watch list earlier in the season. Interesting. So that's what that's what I think. I think you know Malapea. I think is going to be number one though. Malapea, yeah, Malapea will be one. Well, it depends what we see in fall camp because with fall camp, I've heard good things about Malapea and Step. I really haven't heard anything about Carr. Yeah, I think to be honest. That, now here's the question: How are they? Because we know it today in today's football, they rotate running back. So there's like no right. true every down back like that, you know? Right. Um, you know they're going to rotate these guys. Yes. But even with, well, even with Rojo, they they rotate it back. Even with Rojo, they rotate it back. So Rojo got majority of the carries. They uh they rotated running back like. There was Rojo, then there was Justin Davis. Who else was there? There was Rojo, Davis, um, where I think that was it. And then before that, Rojo's first. And then before that, there was a Rojo. There was Rojo, Buck Allen, Davis. It was a, oh, Trey Madden. Aka Cedric Ware was there with Davis and Rojo. Yeah. And then Mal, and then you had Malapai uh, and all. And, you know, you had a, a host of running backs. You know, USC's always done running back by committee since the Reggie since Reggie Bush was there. And a lot of people say, "Well, Reggie Bush was it every day?" No, because USC had two thousand yard backs. They had Reggie Bush and Lindell White. Right. And don't, don't forget Herschel Dennis too. Before he tore his ACL, Herschel Dennis was a was a part of that stable because Herschel Dennis was was um. What was really good. So USC's always done running back by committee. Don't get that twisted. You know, for, for if you really watch USC, you've known they've rotated backs like that. Anything else about spring practice? Um, why? As you mentioned, the wide receiver's been looking good. Um, mm-hmm. heard a lot of things about Devin Williams. Heard a lot of things about him. He's been stepping up. 
Um, Amon Ross St. Brown has looked really good. Uh, Britton Allen, the true freshman, uh, out of, out of Florida, he's been looking very impressive. They had him as a nickel corner, but they slotted, they moved him back to his natural position, which is safety. Max um, Williams has also been Max, looking very impressive. Max, Max Williams has been really looking good, how the he, way he's you know, progressed. There's been talks about starting. I think I Max Williams, I, I think Max Williams, if all goes to plan, I think Max Williams will end up playing right away. And that's a huge, because they said he's been trying to get, they've been pushing for him to get back by the, um, what is it? By, by the, the, oh my God, I'm trying to remember, by the fall, by fall camp. And it, look, how the way he's been moving, it's like, like hey, he can play. He can play like by right away. He can play come this season. I think he will. Yeah. He, Max Williams sure is going to see the field. I think early. Max Williams is a guy you can play at corner and safety. But um, we know Talanoa uh, Hafunga. He'll be back by um, he'll be back by the fall camp. I think Talanoa mm-hmm. Hafunga will be all right. Once they get him special pads and stuff, he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. need him though. He's you know, he he was gun he was in the not in the running. I think he had the starting job locked up. He had the starting job. Um I wouldn't say he had it locked up, but but he was going to be a starter. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, there wasn't any way they weren't gonna they weren't gonna play him. Yeah, there was no way because he's too he's too valuable. He's too valuable for that. I mean, he was looking like a starter last season when he subbed in. But uh, you know what? I, I love um, I love the fact that he's. How can I put it? I love the fact that he um, that he'll be back by then. Yeah. So that's how I put it. That's how I put it. Um, other than that, I, there hasn't been too much. Again, it's been just installing the offense, simplifying things. Uh, they, they just, just we, we have to wait and see how this team will look. I think it's going in a positive direction. I think, and you can tell the vibe at, at practice has been has been very uh different in a good way. And I mm-hmm. think what it is is that with um with with USC, I think the coaching changes had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I've heard that the strength the and coaching- conditioning program is more intense. I've heard that from um a recruit who was on campus for junior day, Tuley uh, I'm gonna attempt this last name. Tuli, Tuli Pulatu. Um, we butcher her said, names a lot on this show. <laughs> I posted an interview with him a couple days ago. Um, he said that the team, he can tell the team is having fun playing football. Um, he, he said he, he felt like the players care more this year. Um, and then again, he said twice that it looks, seems like they're really having fun out there. 
mean, I mean, it looks like that they are too. You know, I think that's what that's what's needed. I think that's what's needed and everything. And with the coaching, and as we stated, I think with the coaching changes, it's it it was a lot that was needed. It was a lot that this team that USC needed that this program needed because it was like a breath a breath of fresh air. Right. Even Darian Green Warren, Warren the recruit after, uh, recruit well recruit out of Matter Day said okay? that the energy <laughs> yeah he said that the energy feels good he was on campus for junior day too um, he said that they look like they're trying to really change the culture from what it was last season yeah I I think because I think because of last season because of how frustrating it was. How frustrating last season was, and when you win, let's be real. When you win, only, when you go five and seven, you're frustrated. All right, what? it's going to be a frustrating season. But I think, as I mentioned last show, USC is more of the they've taken the approach of they've taken the approach of we're going to prove it. You know, we're we're not going to. Um, how can I put this? We're not, we're not going to sit here and tell you about what we're going to do. We're going to show it to you, you know, cause we're tired mm-hmm. of being disrespected and stuff like that. And as we mentioned last show, USC can win the Pac-12 South with this talent. They can win the Pac-12 South. Granted, everyone says Utah won it and the schedule and all of that. But USC could realistically, if they survive a good portion of the beginning of that schedule. So if they survive the first five games, USC could win the Pac-12 South. They could, in all honesty, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Right, that's the biggest thing, shooting themselves in the foot, because the talent's not not the issue. It never will be an issue. So that's my whole thing, is just USC realistically, one – USC realistically can win it. They they realistically can win the Pac-12 South. Now, the Pac-12 as a whole, on the other hand, that's a different story. USC still got to prove, you know, USC still got a lot to prove. Not only that, got Stanford, Oregon, Washington. Right. You got those three who can win. I think I don't know what we'll see from UW, though. Although UW has a lot of talent that they're bringing back. I think back. Stanford's going to have a down year this year. They're losing JJ Osega Whiteside, Bryce Love. Yeah. Their quarterback, I've never really been high on. So, although I think I think the good thing about USC playing Stanford at the beginning of the season is that it's out the way. Right. But here's the tricky part, though, because as we mentioned, USC's first five games are challenging. If you mm-hmm. look at it, and I was reading it because um, uh, Fight on Twist, Josh Josh Webb uh, was talking about it in, in one of his articles. If you look at the first five games and the style of play that those teams have, USC really needs to be also be physical, too. Because they play Fresno State. Granted, you Fresno State's breaking in a new quarterback and stuff, but you know it's Jeff Tepper and everything. 
Then they go and play Stanford. Remember, Stanford is a very physical team. Those are always physical games. Then they have to go to the Provo and play BYU. BYU is physical. If you have not seen BYU play, BYU is a physical punch-you-in-the-mouth team. So they got to play that. Then they got Notre Dame's it. early too. Notre Dame is October twelfth. Usually it's the either the last game or the second to last game of the season. The past few years. Well, it depends because if it's in South Bend, they play in early November because they don't. That was an agreement. I think that was an agreement. Um, that was an agreement. Notre Dame, Notre Dame and USC had. It's in early October though. Yeah, they, they they typically play in like mid to early October. When it's at kind of late in the season. When it's at South Bend. Yes, that, that is true. They um and Colorado's they, oh late they play the season kind of too. Yeah, which is I'm glad. Oh, they also got to play um. They also play Utah early in the season in Washington. Yeah, they always. I feel like they always play Utah early in the season. So at least US, for the past couple of years. So USC got the short end of the stick. <laughs> Let's say it's that it's that it's been like that the past few years with scheduling. They always get they always get the short end of the stick. USC in scheduling. USC is so always so unfortunate with scheduling, and you can't say anything about non-conference because those are those are made three or four years in advance. But right. the conference schedule, they don't do them any favors. They don't. You mean to tell me I got to play BYU, then I have, a, have to have a short week and play Utah? That don't make any sense. Then you got to go, and then you got to go to Washington and play Washington in Seattle. Oh, then yeah, you got to play week, Short week against the their season. biggest Pac-12 South rival. That's not a good idea. I'm just saying. But speaking of the schedule, we will, all things going to plan, we will be at the Fresno State season opener. We will. Whether it's 90 degrees or whether it's 70 degrees. (laughs) 70 degrees being at 8 o'clock at night. It's going to be like 90 degrees. Knowing the Pac-12, knowing TVs and everything, they're going to find a way to make this an afternoon Pac-12 network game. But it's Fresno State. Fresno State was ranked. And if all goes... I don't think anyone cares about Fresno State, to be honest. I think it's going to be... It's going to end up being a 3 o'clock game. If it's a 3 o'clock... Uh, uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I'm I'm pushing for, like, There's a no primetime game. There's no way it's the primetime game. Well, remember they played Fresno State that one... Every time they play Fresno State, it's either been a night game or a, a, a primetime game. Grand, and I want night. I want Fresno 7, State, 7.30. That's, that's a sweet spot in the – Well, granted, they they played the, Fresno late August, State. Late August, you don't want anything yeah. before 6 o'clock. Dina, <laughs> have your sunscreen ready just in case. I'm just saying. Have the sunscreen ready. Have another shirt ready, ready for – all the sweat that's going to be on the first one. Oh, God. <laughs> as long as you don't make the mistake and wear two shirts in a nah. hundred and something degree weather. Yeah, no. Nah. I made that mistake in Arizona at ASU one year. Never again. 
Never again. Never again. But I think our last portion of this podcast, we're going to talk about, I asked a question on Conquest Chronicles. Um, and we got a lot of responses. So if you can pick one current or former USC player to build a team around, who are you taking? And the majority, obviously, people said Reggie Bush a lot. Um, people also said Marcus Allen a lot. Um, I think I, I said Sam Darnold and another person said Sam Darnold. That was the most recent player people picked, but who would you take? Taking Reggie Bush. Um, <laughs> and here's my reason why. Honestly. Because Reggie Bush was like a do it all, was a do it all player. He was returning kicks. He was returning punts. He, he, he's a game changer. I remember a previous podcast, we talked about game changers, and we mentioned Adoree Jackson was that game changer too. Reggie Bush is a game changer. And we could sit here and say, oh, well, you could take Sam Darnold. You can take, you know, Matt Liner. You no one take... said Matt Liner. I was yeah. shocked. Wow. Well. Those two people said Carson Palmer. Uh, I, I wouldn't build a team around Palmer. I like Palmer, but I wouldn't build a team around him. But you could take, you know, Palmer, Darnold, Marquise Lee. You can take all those guys. But Bush was a game changer. You could pick a Dory Jackson for all I care. But Reggie no, Bush yeah, was indeed. But but uh, Reggie Bush was indeed a game changer. And that was the thing. Speaking of Reggie Bush, did you see his Instagram post? No, it wasn't. I oh I tagged you and it was after the touchdown he scored against um, Fresno State and mind you Reggie Bush haven't posted anything USC related in a while in a while I don't think ever actually if you scroll down so him posting that was something I think I tagged matter of fact I tagged you in it actually oh uh, yeah I just saw it. Dina don't really, when I message Dina, she don't really look at my, my alerts. Well, I have she my notifications <laughs> off, so I don't, oh. unless I go to the heart page, I don't see it. Like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll text Dina, and then it'll go a whole day. <laughs> and then it'll be like 10 o'clock at night. I text Dina at 9 in the morning. It'll be 10 o'clock at night. Dina's just now responding. <laughs> We're kidding, people. Dina doesn't do that. It's a joke. Um, but no, ser- but seriously, I think what Reggie Bush, he is indeed a game changer. So I would take Reggie Bush. Someone said, this one was funny, someone said Leonard Williams cloning him 40 times and playing him at every position. <laughs> I like Big Cat, but are you building a team around Big Cat? <laughs> Are you uh, building? Someone, someone said Pete I will Carroll. Build, I will build a defense around Leonard Williams. Yeah. Someone said Pete Carroll pick Sean Cody. I'm going to pick Sean Cody. Okay. Wait. <laughs> okay. So I got to stop that he, there. I like the, all the names I like that they're, that they're picking. I like it. I get where they're going with it. But really, would you build a team around those guys? Actually, two but people said Pete Carroll picked Sean Cody, 
And then this guy also said Matt Weinert. So our first Matt Weinert. Big, you, you know what? I take that back. Leonard Williams would be one of the players I would build a team around. I would build my defense around Leonard Williams because Leonard Williams, you can move inside or outside, like, and he can chase down a running back. He chased down Ty Montgomery in a Stanford game. I remember making that argument to Raider fans, and they were like, let's take Amari Cooper. No, you take Leonard Williams. Now look where Amari Cooper is. You already had Khalil Mack. You could have had Leonard Williams. <laughs> but that's another argument for a different time. Someone but, said Mike Williams. I like Mike Williams, but I would, he's not the – Here's the thing, if you were to build a team around, you got to think about who are players. If you were to do a college football draft of all the USC players, who's the first player that's being taken? There's Randy only two Bush. players. There's only two players I would think that would go one or two. Reggie Bush or Marcus Allen. Exactly. Reggie Bush. No one said OJ. <laughs> no one has said OJ yet. <laughs> Nobody's going to say, here's the thing, no one's going to say OJ because of what he did. Yeah. I, I can't believe I said that on the podcast. Oh, my God. No, I mean, it's true. No one's going to say nobody's gonna of take what he did. O, nobody's going to take OJ because of what happened. I'm sure people I'm not going to say it because it. of what he did, but because of what happened. Nobody's well, gonna he did do it. <laughs> but, but if you were to sit here and if you were to take that away, if you were to not look at that and look at what he did on the field, then okay. Then OJ will probably be top two, top three, actually, will be top five. But granted, you're, we're talking about what he did off the field. And as we mentioned, a lot of things, what you do off the field over, overshadows what you do on the field. That's the unfortunate part. Um, I, but like I said, Matt, um, Reggie Bush would be one. Marcus Allen would be two. So if you were to do a draft, who most likely – so if you do a draft, we all play fantasy football. We all play fantasy sports here. There's always the one player who you want to take, but you always have – but you have that intuition of, but if I could take a player better than him – is he going to be there in the second round? Is that player going to be there in the second round by the time your pick come around? If you were to do a fantasy draft of nothing but USC players, of all the USC greats, would Mike Williams be there by the time he come back around? Intuition would say yes. And that's not a knock on Mike Williams because Mike Williams was, is an out, was an outstanding player, was one of my favorite USC players. But if I was to do a draft, I could get Reggie Bush and I can have Mike Williams, if if anything. And if I know I can get Mike Williams in a third round by the time my pick comes around, I can have Reggie Bush, probably Car Matt, uh, Mike, uh, Matt Leinart or another USC quarterback or whoever or Marquise Lee and Mike Williams. You see where I'm going with that there? Like, I I think that's the thing is who would you build around? So if, I think the definition of that is if you were to pick one person, and it could be anybody. Granted, these are everybody's choice, but it, I just put it into 
if you were to do a draft and you have the first pick and you can have anybody, who would it be? You know, who are you building around? And it also depends on what you're trying to run to. So right. I think if you're do if you were to do an air raid, yeah, okay, I'd take Mike Williams. Why wouldn't I take Mike Williams, someone at that size frame at, at six two, six three, a big running back who's who's catching who's making catches over everybody? All I gotta do is throw the ball up and Mike Williams is gonna get it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that because that's equivalent to having a Michael Pittman or a Darius Rogers. Throw the ball up and let him get it. And then that's where you can take Sam Darnold because what was Sam Darnold's biggest thing with USC with the USC receivers at that time was that you had big receivers, six one, six two receivers with Daquan Hampton with, that will go up and get it. Daquan Hampton, um, Juju Smith Schuster, Darius Rogers. All you gotta do is throw the ball up to him and they'll go get it. You know? And then that and then you had um you, and then you had uh, Deontay Burnett. You had Burnett there who was going to come out of nowhere and make catches too. So, but I do see, I I do get it though. And you said you were taking Sam Darnold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Because Sam Darnold can make in a perfect yeah, Right, in a perfect scenario with the right coaching, the right, you know, scheme. For him, which is the read pass option, right? It would be it would be fire. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? And if, you think get him for four years with the right coaching? Yeah. <laughs> look, look, I, I put it like this: Can you imagine? And if you play fantasy for a second, a, a offense with Sam Darnold, Reggie Bush. Marquise Lee, um, Robert Woods, Nelson Aguilar in the slot, which that, it, it, which USC had that at a time at receiver. Or Juju Smith, or, um, Juju Smith Schuster on the outside. Yeah. Imagine this team. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go even further ridiculous with this now. Sam Darnold, Reggie Bush, Marquise Lee, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Robert Woods in the slot, and Leonard ooh. Williams on defense. Leonard Williams on defense. Sean Cody at defensive tackle. Um, Kenichi Odizi. No, Everson Griffin on the Everson Griffin. Um, who else was that defensive tackle that Adore? was pretty freaking good? Jackson returning. <laughs> Dory Jackson at corner and returning. Ter- Terrell Thomas at cor- on opposite. Um, Taylor Mays at strong safety. Who would you put at free? Oh, TJ McDonald at free. Ray Maluga in the middle. Brian Cushion. Uh, well, are we running a four three or a three four? Um, that's a good question. You're running a three. If you're running a a, a three four, Leonard Williams, Sean Cody, Kunichi Odizi, 
at, uh, on the line. Clay Matthews at outside linebacker. Maluga and Cushing on the inside, and um, and and uh, Uchina Nwusu on opposite. Ooh, I was about to say him. Uchina Nwusu on opposite. Terrell Thomas and Adoree Jackson at corner. Who would you have at the nickel? Reggie Bush and Marcus Allen switching off. That would be fire. <laughs> I'm going Marcus Allen, Reggie Bush. I'm going Marcus Allen, Reggie Bush, and and Lindell White. I'm going with those three. I'd like to see Amon Ross St. Brown in this lineup just just to throw in a current. Well, current are we? Guy. Well, if we're going modern, then then Rojo. It's, and, it doesn't uh, matter. It does. It's all time. Whoever. Oh, all time. Then let me change Lynn Swan. Well, I don't know. I think we should not. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's a shame. Lynn Swan, the player. Lynn Swan, the player. I would throw in there because he is one of the all time greats at receiver at USC. It's a shame that his. It's just a his shame that he's going to be tarnished now forever. He, he, he's putting USC in the toilet right now with it as an athletic director. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. Someone said Junior Sale. Yes. That is that is another person we cannot. Junior Sale. If we're doing all time Junior Sale. Because Junior was a was a game changer too. Um, who would who would Darnold's backup be? <laughs> Liner, backup Matt Liner, Liner and and Palmer. Dang, that's a good quarterback room. And then if you wanted to add a fourth, probably Todd Marinovich. Because who else? Who else at USC for quarterbacks? Who else are you going to choose? Matt Barkley. Yeah, that is true. That is, yeah, you could go Barkley because Barkley was indeed an all-time great. Barkley pre twenty twelve. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Because Bart, what the heck happened to Barkley in 2012? Seeing we're having this conversation. Probably the hype and yeah. then that injury at the end. The Anthony Barr injury. Yeah. I think if, if he doesn't get hurt, I think USC has a better shot against Notre Dame. Oh, of course. Because he, Max Wittick was trash. Oh, my God. Let's not go there. There is a game... When USC was playing uh, Arizona at it was at the Coliseum. This was after the Arizona law, Arizona State loss, and somebody kept saying, "Bench Barkley, put in Kessler." It was so funny, and we started going off, and we were like, "I guess the 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 lemonade guy ran out of lemonade." Like he ran out of lemonade. Bench him. <laughs> and it kept going into other things. And so and so me, not knowing my intuition at the time, I turned to the lady, to this lady next to me. And you're about to laugh because it's so hilarious. So I turned to the lady next to me. I was like, I wish this guy would be quiet. This dude is really annoying. And the lady's like, yeah, that's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I... I felt so guilty. I was like, I'm so sorry. She was like, no, I get it. 
She's like, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so it was it wasn't funny because at the time here I am a twenty one a young twenty one year old, you know, was like, oh man, it was so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think you were right the hype and everything to it because it was USC was. A lot of people thought USC was going to go undefeated and make the national title game. Yeah, they were they were in rank number one. You know, started the season. So that was the thing. A lot of people thought that. Why is it that when USC gets a lot of hype, Notre Dame tends to come up and USC struggles? I don't get it. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Notre Dame's doing good, USC does bad. If Notre Dame's doing bad, USC does good. Like in 2015. Notre Dame needs to be bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, Notre Dame just needs to do bad. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. I think that can be said for every season for USC fans. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love it, but, you know. I think that'll do it for today's episode. Yeah, that'll be all for us. Um, You go ahead and find us on, on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can find me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me and help me reach my goal of 1,000 followers that I've had since 2009 um, at Always Compete. You had Twitter since 2009? Yeah, I had it when it first came out. It's taken me this long to get 900 followers. I was still on MySpace. says joined August 20. Not 20, 2009. I was still on MySpace at that time. <laughs> don't, just don't quote me on that, people. I didn't join Twitter until like 2010. But, um, yeah, you can listen to us on, um, on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Spotify, uh, not Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> you know what it is. Um, yeah, just be sure to listen to our podcast, subscribe, and yeah, just be ready. Just listen to us, people. Let us know if we're going to the season opener. Let, yes, let us know if you're if you're going to make the season opener. If you are, uh, check us out. We'll be uh, you'll see me with a, a meetup. We should have done that for we for for a baseball, baseball game. game. We should have. We should have. That would have been. We fun. should definitely do that for for the football game. Just post a location and have a little meetup. Yes. So we'll give you guys the details. We'll have a meetup. We'll meet up. Um, we'll have a meetup and meet up. Really. We'll we'll meet up and we'll we'll chat. We'll talk football. All of that. So yes, be be ready for it, people. If that's something you want to do, let us know and we'll make it happen. Um. Uh, until then, 
follow Dina on Twitter. Get her to a thousand followers. Get her to a thousand people. Get her to a thousand. You have Twitter since two thousand. She had Twitter since two thousand nine when yeah. Twitter opened its door. She is a Twitter veteran. Follow her. She has good content. And on that note. On that note, we will talk to you guys next week and fight on. Fight on.